welcome to the Queen Trail Podcast. There are three different types of radiation, alpha, beta, and gamma. What does this technology do? It's like, well, what can you do with electricity? I just survived 30 years HIV positive. I'm certainly not going to let a little thing like a brain tumor derail me. When I got to 29 pounds, I was so tired, I just collapsed. Everything always goes back to being grounded and centered. It's a mecca for cycling, for sure. Struggle is the neutralizing force. And I said, there it is. This is the right family. I'm, I got like cold chills. It's one lone oak tree right in the middle of the trail. It's beautiful. Hey everyone, I hope you had a great week since the last time that we got together. Summer is coming. It's so exciting. Um, You're going to notice and perhaps even you can hear it a little in my voice. Um, 2022 has been trying to kill me, literally. I got so sick at the beginning of the year with something that was not COVID. And I think part of it was that, you know, we get so busy getting excited over the fact that something that we have is not COVID that we're spreading those germs. So there's a lot of bad stuff that's out there. So just, you know, if you're not feeling well, take the usual precautions so that you're not spreading germs, whatever they, you know, were in the past when you had a flu or anything like that. And make sure you get lots of rest and just get better. So that happened. And and then I got an internal infection that had me in the hospital. And then after that, I tore my meniscus. And then after that, I got COVID. So I am getting over COVID. But what you're going to hear in this interview is the beginning of when I was getting COVID. And I thought I just had like, an allergy or something going on. So I am a little bit nasally. But summer's coming. This morning, I went to the farmer's market. It was glorious. It was hot outside. I got all kinds of wonderful vegetables. There were butterflies and bees buzzing around. And we're getting there. So what I'm really excited about is that this particular episode is with one of my dearest friends, April McCarthy, whom I originally met by going to a Medispa. So she is my clinical esthetician, who became my very dear friend. And we're going to talk about everything that has basically to do with summer, anywhere that you are in the world, and specifically like all year long here in California or any of those really sunny locales where the sun is out almost all year long. So we're gonna talk about skincare, we're gonna talk about sunscreen, the difference between chemical sunscreens and physical sunscreens. And there's some really surprising things. I didn't even know that there was a difference. I just thought, You put your sunscreen on in the morning and you are good to go and you can just reapply that stuff whenever you need to. And that's not the case. We're also going to cover the incremental differences between anything that's over 30 SPF. So it's a really good episode to listen to because you want to make sure that you are applying sunscreen appropriately and that you understand what that SPF number really means so that you are continually protected from those UV rays that can cause so much skin damage and can lead to cancers. I will talk about one of my girlfriends um, who unfortunately passed away from skin cancer. And that was just like, her life's mission was to make sure that every single person on the planet, every single person that she spoke to knew how to protect themselves. Um, We're going to talk about what clinical estheticians do, but really taking care of your skin. So um, skincare routines. And then going beyond that, we're going to cover things like the difference between chemical peels and glycolic peels, the difference between microdermabrasion and microneedling, 
There are so many things that you could do beyond your home skincare routine and what's available at Medispas. So we're going to cover everything that has to do with your face, your skin. It is the biggest organ on your body. It covers you from head to toe. And I would even suggest for men to listen to this because there is a little section about men. But guys, you guys have skin too. So it's really good to learn about what's available to help protect you from the environment um, as well as, you know, like the makeup that you put on and maybe you're not washing off at night and the damage that that does, um, how to keep your skin healthy and how to go beyond that to just stay looking younger, just a little bit more like we all want. So <laughs> this one is filled with so much information that I am going to invite you to grab a cuppa, but also maybe a piece of paper and a pencil to take notes because there's so much good stuff in here you're going to want to. So sit back and enjoy this In the Company of Friends talk with my friend, April McCarthy. I'm like, ah, yay, I'm so glad that we got connected. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Welcome, everybody. April McCarthy is a clinical esthetician and an absolute facial artist. She specializes in procedures that rejuvenate the skin, thereby stimulating collagen production that reduces wrinkles and fine lines and leaves your face not only looking younger, but it improves the overall texture of your skin without the introduction of fillers and other products. She is also a peel expert, both botanical extractions like pumpkin peels and chemical peels like the VI peel. And if that's not enough, her talents extend to permanent makeup, especially for eyebrows. And it's a holistic skill that she employs to bring normalcy and confidence back to cancer patients as a breast cancer survivor herself. And so we'll talk more about that in this In the Company of Friends talk. So please grab a cuppa and join April McCarthy and me in a special episode. Yes. <laughs> April, I'm so excited that we get to catch up outside of the clinical setting. Yes, it's nice. It's super nice. We've known each other, I'm going to say like seven years. I can't remember when is the first time that I met you, but I think you were the first person that I saw there at the Medi Spa. Um, April works at South Bay Med Spa yes. in Torrance. So I've been going for years now, and you've just become such a dear friend over that time. You're always supportive. And really, when I'm there, I think the most important thing is that you're really honest in what I can expect from the products and procedures, especially which ones are best suited for my skin. And I guess that most people would think that that's to be expected, but really just having that honest feedback is deeply validating and important to me. You know, like it just provides a renewal of faith and and trust in you and the Medispa itself. And, and I just think that you personally, you're so grounded and thoughtful. And the entire experience, every time I come in is like visiting family, even though sometimes I walk out with a sizzly face. <laughs> <laughs> My motto is uh, results-oriented treatments. I'm not about the, you're not going to get a relaxing facial when you come to me, that's for sure. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but I like that you explain everything that you're doing each step you know, and you let me know, well, this is going to feel like this. Here's what you can expect. Here's what I'm going to do to make it feel a little bit better. Um, how did you start your career? Like what inspired you to go into facial and body care? I was 18 or 19 and I was working at a restaurant as a server and I was also attending a junior college 
my manager was going to esthetician school and she asked if she could um, practice doing facials on me. So I said, of course. And I went over and she did a facial on me and I just instantly fell in love with the thought of doing that for a living because while I was in college, I could not figure out what I wanted to be. I, I couldn't just pick like one thing that I had to do the rest of my life. It was just like so much pressure and nothing was inspiring me. And isn't that the truth? I did. Uh, I kind of did the same thing. I, I chose so many different majors. I went in with food and nutrition and psychology and English and no, I want to do this other thing. And finally I got a letter from the college saying, here's the two classes that you need to take. And then you're out of here with a liberal arts degree. Yes. Yes, exactly. I don't know. Something just clicked and I dropped out of college and attended beauty school. So here I am about 21 years later, 20 years later, something like that. What a fulfilling career. And after all of those years, all of the experience that you have now, you are a clinical esthetician. What's the difference between an esthetician and a clinical esthetician? So um, an esthetician performs basic facials, waxing, um, makeup, things of that nature. You're more, like I said, relaxing, soothing calming facials. Clinical esthetician is has way more training in a clinical setting where I do work with bloodborne pathogens and um, actually what they call breaking open the skin, which is inserting needles, um, things of that nature. So the higher grade chemical peels like the VI peel, there's certain things you can only do under a medical director because... Basically, there's more risk involved for the patient. Right. Very basic medical training. It's more of a deeper understanding of the skin and the, the medical procedures that you're doing on the skin, like microneedling, the medical grade chemical peels that go deeper into the tissue, the Morpheus, um, all of those things. You have to have more training and more knowledge in your skill. When people are looking, to choose a clinical esthetician, what should they be looking for? Experience, um, the medical setting that they're working in, knowledge. <laughs> what What were you looking for <laughs> when you <laughs> sought us out? I was definitely looking for knowledge, a clean facility, friendliness, of course, um, that sense of having somebody really tailor the treatments directly to me and being really honest, like, you know, if you do this procedure, this is going to cause hyperpigmentation. Or if you do this one, it's really not going to do what you want it to do. Here's, here's what I would suggest, or just, you know, looking at my face and going, okay, I know you see a problem there, but this is where I see the problem. And this is this is what we could fix. And I think that that in and of itself is going to probably make this other area that's bothering you. Um, it's going to resolve that issue or being told, well, you know, you really don't need that because your skin is already yeah. looking good in that area. So not set, not overselling products and just that honesty, that genuineness, that, um, that concern, you know, on a level that is greater and above than the business itself. Basically, trust. Yeah, I agree. I feel yeah. like when I earn my clients' trust, then they really believe in what I'm doing for them. So it forms a good relationship, like me it, and you have. I completely agree with that. I just like to treat my clients the way I would like to be treated if I went somewhere. I don't want to be sold, you know, $5,000 worth of treatment and product when it won't work for me or do anything for me. Right, because these are expensive treatments, and we'll get into the cost analysis a little bit more later in this episode, but that is really important. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 
So I'm a huge proponent of microneedling, as my intro probably alluded to, and not only the results, which are evident almost immediately once the mild irritation recedes, but especially how positive effects continue to reveal themselves months after the treatment because your collagen production just gets stimulated by this and it's it's just a continual thing for quite some time after the treatment. But I know that sometimes the care, the skincare is much more serious because these treatments can help skin that's been damaged by illness or injury. What is microneedling and how does it work? Um, microneedling, it's a device that uses tiny needles and they penetrate the skin. So it creates little channels in the, the skin or your tissue. It's controlled wounding. So we're wounding the skin, triggering the body's natural healing response to promote production of collagen and elastin, firm the skin, lessen wrinkles, um, tighten pores. In some instances, it can reverse hyperpigmentation. Um, in some instances, it can actually worsen hyperpigmentation. So again, that's one of those things I would go through in the consultation with that specific client if it would be good for them. But generally, I would say about 98% of clients are a good candidate for microneedling. And when you stick to the regimen of about every four to six weeks for about five to six sessions, you definitely see a vast improvement of firmness, tightness, less wrinkling, brightness, and smoothness. Definitely, for sure. What's the difference between microneedling and microdermabrasion? Microdermabrasion is a physical exfoliation of the skin, and it's usually a metal diamond tip that you run over the surface, that most outer layer of your skin, and it just exfoliates those dead skin cells off. Whereas microneedling is is actually needles penetrating the skin, injuring the skin. There's different types of microneedling techniques, like the diamond facial, I think is a microdermabrasion, but then there's vampire facial, and then there's the Morpheus. And um, what is the difference among all of these? Which ones are microneedling? Which ones are not? What's the difference among each one of these procedures themselves? So you're correct. The diamond glow is microdermabrasion, uh, which is used during like a basic facial for exfoliation. Microneedling is the device where the needles penetrate the skin. And then the vampire facial is microneedling with platelet-rich plasma, also known as PRP, where we draw your blood and spin it so it separates the plasma from the red blood cells. Then we extract the plasma and use that during the microneedling process. And it has become known as the vampire facial. And then Morpheus is a newer technology, more advanced microneedling that also uses radio frequency technology. So as you're getting the microneedling, you're getting the radio frequency, which adds heat into the dermis during the process. So when you add heat during microneedling, it's like microneedling on steroids. So microneedling on steroids. So you're really getting a much more positive effect off of the Morpheus versus each one is kind of like a step up improvement over the previous technology. Correct. And it um, can penetrate much deeper. The regular microneedling pen typically only penetrates two to two and a half millimeters and the Morpheus can penetrate all the way up to four millimeters. And the nice thing about that with the four millimeter depth with the radio frequency technology, four millimeters hits the subcutaneous tissue, which is also known as where the fat is. So we can actually liquefy the fat, which is great for double chins or um, where you start to jowl, get those jowls on your jawline. It can really uh, basically melt away that fat while it's lifting and tightening your jawline, jowls, double chin area. So you can really sculpt the face with this technology. That's so next gen. I mean... (laughs) Because in the past, if you were to basically remove the fat, 
you would have loose hanging skin, but with the Morpheus, it actually lifts and tightens the skin while removing the fat. So you're not left with that turkey neck. You know, just that loss of um, the elasticity and tightness that you get as, you know, as you get older or with skin damage from, from the sun, from environmental factors, smoking, that sort of thing. And genetics. Yeah. It's nice that these procedures are available. And one of my goals with skincare, like Medispa level skincare specifically, is to destigmatize the idea that it is a luxury or an extreme. Um, because I also want to address the costs in comparison, especially to what women spend annually in terms of skincare products and cosmetics. According to a 2021 report, and I'll put the links in the show notes. In 2020, the cosmetics industry was valued at $483 billion, and it's expected to rise to $716 billion by 2025. And it's estimated that the average American woman spends around $3,800 annually on beauty products alone. Honestly, that's no surprise considering that a tube that's less than an ounce of anti-wrinkle eye serum can run like, you know, $25 on the low end if it's on sale and upwards of, you know, $150 or more on the high end. And that's just one product. Then you've got sunscreen because you can't forget the sunscreen, moisturizer, serum, scrubs, BB creams, and they're all expensive. Yeah, it's it's overwhelming as well because... There are thousands of different skincare brands on the market, and it can be very um, fad, like, oh, this brand right now is so popular, but nobody really knows why. It could be because they're advertising or the bottles are cute. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, I see that all the time, and you're just going, okay, wait a minute, you know, like, is this really going to be that much more cleansing than anything else? I mean, this isn't anything new. This is something that has probably been around forever. And all of a sudden, it's being marketed as something really fabulous. And you get it, you try it, and it's either not good for your skin, or it's not effective at all. I about probably at least 10 times a week, I get a client asking me about this skincare brand that they're using, and I've never heard of it in my life. Wow. There's just so many of them. And like I said, it can be very overwhelming. And I think the majority of like the average population probably buys their skincare, just what we call OTC over-the-counter skincare. And in my opinion, some people might disagree, but I feel like that's the worst thing you can use on your skin because companies, they mass produce these products in factories and they're so full of preservatives and parabens and fragrance and dyes. Like, why do you need your moisturizer to be blue or pink, you know? Mm-hmm. And that stuff is so bad for your skin. It causes inflammation on a daily basis, which breaks down the integrity of your skin over time. And when they're being mass produced like that, they're a one size fits all type of product exactly. and yep. it can't, it can't fit all exactly. skin types. Yep. But you're yeah. right. It's a lot of the products that are in skincare themselves tend to dry out skin or they're not, you know, again, they're being produced in a one size fits all model mm-hmm. and they just can't, they just can't address every problem that's out there. Definitely not. And a lot of people tell me that they'll try something new and it makes them break out. So it's hard when you're constantly bouncing around from brand to brand trying to figure out what works for you because a lot of times it either makes them break out or it makes their skin really dry or really oily. So they're just, you know, just hopping around from brand to brand to brand trying to find something that works instead of going into a skincare specialist like somebody would if they had any other issue going on in their body, they would go see a doctor or a dermatologist for advice. 
you're right. This is one of the only niches where we're listening to companies, to manufacturers who are putting out products that are not necessarily tailored to one's needs. And um, a dermatologist is going to most accurately be able to say, this issue is resulting from X, Y, Z. And here are, you know, the skincare products that you most likely would want to use. And I know there's certain face washes and, you know, that sort of thing that are always recommended because they're so gentle or they're, um, they tend to be hypoallergenic and that sort of thing. But Mm. in an industry that is so saturated with every permutation of product that's out there, it's really important to go to the doctor to go, you know, rather than spending your money on one product and then another, actually going to your dermatologist and saying, here's what my issue is. Can you give me some advice? Exactly. And a lot of times I've found too over the years, especially with acne, not just teenage acne or, you know, acne in your 20s, but adult acne, a lot of times um, that is either caused by a hormonal imbalance or some sort of food allergy. Mm. Yeah. So many times, like, you know, I have people come in and they're like, I've tried everything under the sun and I still have acne. I've been on Accutane. I've been on retinol. As soon as I get off of it, it comes back, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, go get a hormone test. Go get a food allergy test. I had one gentleman in particular could not figure it out. Um, I sent him to go get a food allergy test and come to find out he's highly sensitive to an enzyme in cheese. He cut cheese out of his diet and his acne went away. And then, you know, home, home care, skincare is 90% of your regimen as far as your healthy skin, because that's something you're using every single day, as opposed to coming into the office for your treatment once a month or once every three months or however often you, you get in there. So what you have at home is really what's, what's keeping your skin the healthiest. And then putting makeup on, you know, a lot of us wear makeup and that can age our skin too. So the skincare routine really helps to remove those powders and waxes and that sort of thing from the pores and the skin surface. Yes. And you'd be surprised at how many women do not wash their face at night before they go to bed. I think people are tired. (laughs) You know, working women these days, we're, we're so busy and so much on our plates. First of all, like you said, the, the ingredients of your particular makeup, depending on what it's made of, just sitting on your skin is not good. It's clogging your pores. It's, blocking natural oils, and then you're sleeping with your face smushed into the pillow and sweating, and it just creates a nasty bacterial mess. And then that'll lead to pimples and blackheads and all of those other things that we don't like. Exactly. Redness. Uh, What's the best way for someone to keep their skin healthy? Besides drinking lots of water every day. (laughs) I like that one. People underestimate the power of water. Um, I'm a very big advocate of exfoliation and sunscreen. Exfoliation is very important, especially as we do age. Every decade, the process of everything in our body slows down. So when you're younger, your skin naturally exfoliates itself about every 28 days. Every decade, you can add about 10 days to that number. So if you're not sloughing off dead skin, it's not triggering the activation of creating new skin cells. So if you think of your skin as like a five-layer cake, that very top layer, if it's not being sloughed off, those new layers aren't going to be moving up to the surface. So that's why you get that dull, gray, rough, uneven skin, and you start to get those fine lines because you're not regenerating the new skin cells. 
So you have to manually help that yourself every day as you get older. It's a tricky one as well, though, because if you're using too strong of an exfoliant every day or even a couple times a week, you can be over exfoliating. So you have to find that happy medium. And that's also why I think it's important to go to a skincare specialist to figure out what's better for you. There's products that are safe for everyday use. There's products that are a little stronger that you only use like once a week. So you can over exfoliate as well as under exfoliate. What does your skincare routine look like? So I use a salicylic cleanser every morning and every night. But for me, I have oily skin and I can be prone to a lot of blackheads. I feel like I have larger pores, but when I maintain the cleanliness of my skin, the pores don't appear as large because they're clean. So that works for my skin. And then I use a product that acts like a retinol, but it is not retinol. It's it's an exfoliator and a, a daily exfoliator and it um, sloughs off the dead skin and keeps my pores clean as well. And then in the morning, I use a hydrating moisturizer with hyaluronic acid. And then at night, I use more of like a thicker um, nourishing cream, what I like to call it. It's like a nourishing cream. And it has all your vitamins A through E in there. So that's great for antioxidants, which battle the free radicals. Free radicals basically bounce around in your skin, destroying it. And sunscreen, of course. I use an eye cream. Once a week, I use a hydrating mask and I sleep in it overnight. Um, that's like my daily. I do microneedling on myself about every two to three months, and I try to do a glycolic chemical peel at least once a month. What sort of skin issues does the medically supervised skincare resolve, or, you know, like, um, how does medically supervised skincare tailor itself to particular? skin issues it's tailored to that person's specific skin issue say um you know they have adult acne or they're really oily or they're super dry or they have sun damage we pick out the product that would best help reverse what's bothering them and i think the number one goal for every patient regardless of their skin issue is healthy skin so when you have medical grade skincare that actually has clinical studies on the products showing that what the label says it's going to do is actually going to work. And if you have a healthy skin barrier and your skin is healthy and hydrated, a lot of those issues resolve themselves. Absolutely. Healthy, healthy skin is beautiful skin. And a lot of times when you have acne or sun damage or wrinkles or skin laxity, it's because your skin's not healthy. And like I was saying, that inflammation that those products cause slowly break down the integrity along with the sunshine. And we're in Southern California where we're hit with UV rays 300 days out of the year, probably. At least. <laughs> I think like every, pretty much every single day. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, we, we don't get much of a break from the sun. Um, I get clients who tell me they don't wear sunscreen because they're never outside. And I'm like, well, do you commute? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, you're getting the majority of your sun damage while you're commuting in your vehicle. Sunscreen is so important. I think, especially on overcast days, you know, people think, oh, I don't need sunscreen because I can't see the sun. But those rays do penetrate through the cloud barriers and cause a lot of damage. So sunscreen is very important 365 days a year. Correct. Yeah. The importance of sunscreen, I kind of wanted to touch on it because, um, again, with our hectic lives. Skincare companies have kind of combined sunscreen with moisturizer because it takes a step out of your morning. And right. you can really combine those two technologies because one of those will fail. And it's usually the sunscreen aspect that fails. Another thing 
If you're using a chemical sunscreen, which most sunscreens are chemical, they you cannot reapply sunscreen on top of sunscreen. You have to wash that first layer of sunscreen off before you apply a new layer. Otherwise, have you ever noticed women will be like, I, I kept reapplying sunscreen all day and I still got burnt? It's because you have to wash off that first layer before the second layer can activate. Oh, so, that's news to me. Yes. And that's also why I highly recommend physical sunscreens, which is your zinc and your oxides. Those you can apply on top of themselves without having to wash off the first layer. And the other beautiful thing about physical sunscreens is they, they do come in a powder form and you can just apply it all over your face. They have it in iridescent, which um, will match any skin tone, or you can buy one that looks like a facial powder. And you can reapply that about every two hours because that's how long sunscreens usually last is about two to four hours, depending on the brand. So that's very well, oh, important. Do you guys have those at Medispal? We carry the little stick brush and it twists up like a lipstick. The brush comes out like lipstick and the powders below it. And you just brush it all over your face. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard of physical sunscreen and... Um, that just brings another question, which is if you're having to reapply it every two to four hours, is that if you're outside, so say you put your sunscreen on in the morning, you go to work, you're indoors all day long, maybe like at lunchtime you reapply, you, you don't have to keep reapplying if you're indoors. If you're indoors, no. Yeah. And that's also why that brush is really convenient. You can leave it in your purse or in your cup holder in your car. And just before you hit the road, put a little powder layer on and you're good to go. That's really good advice. Um, I had a really good friend of mine, Sherry Garcia, who passed away, I'm going to say probably six years ago now. But I remember her calling me up to tell me that she was really worried because she had a mole that was on her scalp. And unfortunately, this turned out to be a very aggressive skin cancer and not just one, but two. They didn't catch it until it was quite late. Um, I think it was already like in the fourth stage of the carcinoma process. And one of the biggest things that she that she was just huge about making sure everybody knew that they needed to wear sunscreen, hats, skin protection. Again, like you said, your skin is the biggest organ on your body. And uh, we would run Melanoma Something Research Foundation, M-A-R-F. I'll find out what that is and link it in the show notes. Um, but we would run that every year for quite a while in her honor. And then uh, we ran it in memoriam. But um, I do remember that about her. I mean, she just really harped on the sunscreen because she didn't want anybody else to have to go through what she went through. And I don't think any of us, even with all the research that she did to make sure that we were, that everybody that she knew was safe from sun damage. I don't think that any of us knew about this physical sunscreen at the time. And um, so I'm glad you brought it up because that's really important. It is. It's very important. And a lot of people also get fixated on the um, SPF level. And I learned that anything over SPF 30 only goes up about 0.01% in protection, but they market like an SPF 50 and you're paying an extra $20 for it when it really isn't that much more protection. Wow. Yes. See, these are things that really need to be presented to Consumers, I tend to purchase SPF 50 myself um, because I don't like to get sunburned. I don't think anybody does at all, but I really have a particular aversion to it. So yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think about it and I purchase the higher sunscreen. I wear hats. I wear those thin shirts that, that are like fabric sunscreen whenever I can. I stay out of the sun as much as possible. 
But skincare is very important because if you're not taking care of your skin, it can lead to some serious consequences. Exactly. And I don't want to discourage anybody from chemical sunscreens or SPF in their moisturizer. I just want them to be aware that they're probably not as protected as they think they are. Especially washing it off in between layers that are being applied. Um, I honestly, I've never done that. So that's good to know. And that's part of your outfit, I feel like, when you go out into public. So together, having skin treatments through a Medi Spa a few times a year is self-care. To me, it's just as important as exercising your body and taking care of your health in that manner. And your skin is with you forever. You're, you're born with it. You live with it. So I think it's important to take care of it. Your skin is your largest organ and people neglect it the most. Women will spend money on their hair and their nails and purses and shoes, but it's like they neglect their skin because they do look at it as a luxury, not a necessity. Most women don't even come in to take care of their skin until the damage has already been done. So on a similar yet quite advanced track from that, you also offer um, microblading for eyebrows. And at times you've even created packages that include other services from the MediSpa to help cancer survivors, especially those that have gone through procedures that result in hair loss. This is something that impacted your life in a painful way for a while there. And so you're intimately aware of as a breast cancer survivor yourself. Can you tell us about that journey? I was 35 when I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, Went through chemo, double mastectomy, radiation, um, six surgeries total to reconstruct my breasts. And Of course, the hair loss, not just the hair on my head, but my eyebrows and eyelashes as well. And, you know, I'm recovered from that, thank God. My hair is back, but my eyebrows never really came back as full as they were before. So the microblading is a very nice option for cancer survivors and anyone in general who suffer from alopecia or just... We overplucked in the 90s <laughs> and sometimes it didn't come back. So um, I have a wide variety of, of clients who come in for their eyebrows. You did my eyebrows from hair loss due to hypothyroidism. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about it is the fact that they're already done in the morning and it's another expense saver because I'm not having to buy product to draw my eyebrows in in the mornings. And I think that, you know, there is the convenience factor, but I would be completely remiss if I glossed over the fact that as women, we're expected to look polished and, you know, natural yes. and, and then we get judged for wearing makeup. So we're living <laughs> kind of like in this dichotomous culture, you've got YouTubers and TikTokers who are making bank, demonstrating makeup techniques to minimize blemishes, present glowing skin, open the eyes up, plump up the lips, the list goes on. And there's also this constant ageism that is subtle. So I mean, sometimes not so subtle, but that's another aspect that we have to deal with. And I think that the long lasting and holistic skincare treatments that are offered by the MediSpa just allow us to live much more comfortably in this kind of an environment where these expectations are coming at us. Um, And it provides a boost of confidence, which in turn elevates the quality of our lives. I know that the initial expense is there. It's a, it's a factor to consider, but in the long term, the savings in the fact that you're not having to purchase a bunch of other products that are only going to cover up, issues rather than address them directly is something that really needs to be highlighted because there are long-term, you know, I I guess it would land under medical, but there's long-term medical benefits to having 
these treatments because they reduce the likelihood that you're going to have more skin damage. Exactly. And that's why I always try to tell my younger clients in their 20s and even early 30s, you know, if you take care of your skin now and do maintenance, as I like to call it, you won't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars when you're older trying to reverse the damage. Right, definitely. I love seeing my clients come back with a bigger smile every time I see them. Um, Just happier overall with their confidence. Mm -hmm. It's not just women that are coming in for these services. Men are addressing their skincare as well. How have you seen the client demographic change over time? Definitely a lot more males. Um, When I first started out in skincare, like I said, almost 20 years ago, I had zero male clients coming in for facials. It was a a stigma that that was not something men do. And I think over time, men are realizing, well, hey, I have skin too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like so um, amazing to me that it was like, oh, because you're a man, you can't take care of your skin. That's not manly. But come on, hello, it's skin. We all have skin. And men are just starting to take care of themselves in that aspect more than they ever have before. They used to just wash their face with their bar soap. No sunscreen, no moisturizer, (laughs) nothing. I know. Isn't it funny? Um, Is the VI peel like a glycolic? No, the VI peel has, if you're looking at, so there's five different types of VI peels. They all have a base minimum of five different um, chemical exfoliators in that actual VI peel. Glycolic is like your go-to anti-aging rejuvenating chemical peel. They have different percentages. Some, you know, sometimes I use a 60% glycolic. There's a lot of skincare products that have glycolic acid in them as well, but they're usually around like two to 5% glycolic. Chemical peels are like a whole nother universe. (laughs) There's so many different peels and strengths and combinations. That would be like probably a whole nother podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What has been your greatest takeaway in working in this industry? I would say for my clients, I love being a part of their journey to wellness and feeling better about themselves. I love forming relationships with them. A lot of times I feel like a therapist. People will lay down and just start spilling their beans to me. And I think because I'm not a part of their life, they can really get a lot of things off their chest without judgment or me knowing anyone in their group. (laughs) And then As more of like the clinical side, I love the constant knowledge and new technology and the growth that I get from my career. It's, there's always something new to learn. There's always something up and coming. You never stop learning. And I love that part. And I'm glad that you mentioned that aspect of almost being a counselor to your clients, because I think that's really important to be able to kind of have a confidant, especially I think for women who can go in and just like you said, relax, you know, just that support that these Medi spas do turn into an additional support system in in a client's life. If you had one thing to share with the world, what would it be? It could be about skincare, it could be your philosophy, it could be anything. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Don't be afraid to invest in yourself because you are worth it, especially women where we're such caretakers and we're always trying to take care of everybody else and have their needs met that we forget about ourselves. So I think just, you know, invest in yourself and take the time out for it. It's important. Absolutely. I agree with that. I like that. Um, If you had to put a zombie fighting team together, (laughs) who would you have on your team and why? Like anybody in the world? Yep. Okay. A zombie fighting team. 
I would probably pick Deadpool. <laughs> I love that character. Um, I also love Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Deadpool definitely has no fear. I, I don't think that's even a capacity within him. He okay. would be a great person to have. And then I would say um, my husband for sure. Oh. Somebody from SEAL Team 6. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Tactically trained to attack. Because I think the point is, you know, to not get eaten by the zombies, right? Oh, man. Yeah, you don't want to get scratched, bitten. I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe getting eaten might not be so bad because I think that once they lose their brain, they, they can't attack anymore. True. I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check into that one. But I know that they are not completely immortal. There's there's ways to take them out. And um, but I think that you know, like if you got completely eaten, you'd be okay because you'd actually be dead. You wouldn't be undead. Correct. I'd ra- I'd rather be completely dead instead <laughs> of a zombie. And I was, for the record, obsessed with The Walking Dead. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> How can people in the South Bay area get a hold of you? Um, South Bay Med Spa. We're on Crenshaw Boulevard. Sepulveda is our closest street. And then their phone number is 310-974-6160. We also have an Instagram page. Nice. And I will put links to the address, to the IG page in show notes. What a powerhouse of information. One of my biggest takeaways is the reminder to drink more water. It's so good for your skin and it's also good for the rest of your body. There is scores of research that shows that hydration is incredibly important for your health from helping remove toxins from your body to allowing all of your body systems, including that enormous organ that we call skin, to function optimally. In fact, drinking plenty of water will also help you maintain a healthy weight. So drink up and don't forget to implement a healthy skin routine. Visit a skincare professional like April if you're not sure where to begin And be sure to protect your skin 365 days a year with a good sunscreen. And above all, have a great time this summer. It's almost here. As always, I'll post links to everything that we talked about in the show notes. And please continue to send me your questions, suggestions. I love hearing from you. And don't forget to take a moment to rate this episode. It only takes a second and you're rating will help move this podcast closer to the top of the searches so that my friends and I can reach more people. I'm looking forward to sharing more upcoming in the company of friends talks with you. So be sure to follow me on the socials and the dot com all at the queen trail podcast. That's T H E Q U A I N T R E L E podcast. I am Syl Annan the Queen Trail. And until next time, I wish you passion, grace, adventure, good health and good vibes, elegance and beauty. Beauty.